I can't believe it's been an entire year. One year ago, I was sitting in this room recording the intro for our final episode of our Skull and Shackles campaign back when we were the Swiss Army Scorpion podcast. (sighs) Remember those days when we were all having fun on the podcast? Back before I tricked them into starting Tyrant's Grasp, the most depressing campaign ever churned out of Paizo. (laughs) Those poor, naive lads. We've grown a lot since then, both as a group and as a community. We couldn't have done it without the love and support from you all. And from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. I hope everyone has had an enjoyable holiday season, and I hope that everyone listening today on New Year's Eve, has a fun, memorable, and safe New Year. That's it from me. No plugs, no product placement. Let's just enjoy this moment for what it is. The end of another crazy year, and the end of another book. Tune in next week for our Book 2 retrospective, because this is our Book 2 finale. Episode 50, Lifting the Fog. It's time to feel good for an hour and then try to wash it out of your hair for the rest of the week. We're the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. How's everybody doing today? Uh, still salty about last episode. Should have been mine. What do you have to be salty about? We just killed a quote-unquote vampire. No, we didn't kill. We didn't kill him. <laughs> Stole him from me. Yeah. My precious. I mean, Vipera like was basically humiliating him the entire fight. So I think still still a victory for Vipera. But it was all Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Zombie Randolph did a lot of damage. Oh, woof. <laughs> so here we are, still in the Bastion of Light Temple, but you guys have just killed the apparent leader of this group of whispering way cultists that has been occupying the town ever since you got back. How does that feel? Well, it feels nice to have that guy gone, but from where Rogiar is sitting, we still got that glowing green gem that's causing us some problems. That's true. That that gem served as like the backdrop for like the second half of that entire fight. Just sitting there, just silently undulating like a lava lamp judging us just lording over you on its pedestal well i guess first things first we can i can tell you about the the loot that you guys get yes so let's see valthazar had a magical potion he had a magical amulet magical bracers a magical headband a magical ring a masterwork dagger that he did not elect to draw during the fight, and an iron key in his pocket. The ladies are each wearing a set of magical robes. Any spellcasters among you would probably recognize uh, two more robes of bones, similar to the one that you found hanging up in another room in this place. Uh, Each of them has a masterwork dagger, And each of them is wearing a magical amulet, has a magical cloak, and is wearing a magical ring. 
So that's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. You want the spellcrafts? Everybody give me a spellcraft check. That can. Utra got a 27. Randolph got an 8. Viper got a 32, which I believe is a 22. So Vipera and Utrid would both recognize uh, three amulets of natural armor plus one, uh, which was worn by Valthazar and both of the women. Nice. Uh, I'll take another spellcraft check. I got a 16. I got a 19 on this one. Vipera is not going to matter in this. Okay. Uh, so everybody fails to identify the bracers that Valthazar was wearing. Should we give you another? Yep. Uchra got a 19. And I'm back to an 8. Vipira got a 33, which is effectively a 23. All right, cool. Uh, so Vipira would identify the cloaks worn by both of the women as cloaks of resistance plus one. All right. Another spellcraft, please. Uchra got an 18. 10. 30, uh, which is 20. Nice. Vipira again singularly identifies uh, three rings of protection plus one. Another spellcraft, please. Which you got a 17. 21 from Randolph, finally. 27, which is 17. Okay. Uh, you all fail to identify the what? headband worn by Valthazar. Ugh. And one more spellcraft, please. Uchra got a 23. Uh, 15 from Randolph. Nothing's going to happen with uh, Vipiris. Okay. Uh, Uhtred identifies the potion Valthazar was carrying as a potion of invisibility. And then we've got the zombies. Uh, each zombie uh, is wearing a masterwork chain shirt. Uh, you find two masterwork longswords. Um, Vipira zombie was using her claws, and uh, Uhtred zombie had Valo, and that's it on them. So yeah, that's all the that's all the loot from that combat. Really. I want to go back into, like, the office, the study where we first saw him. Okay. Uh, that book that he was putting notes in, is that was that on him or was that left at the desk? It was left on the desk. I want to get that and, like, go through the desk. Okay. Uh, the desk itself doesn't seem to contain anything significant or useful, but his journal, no doubt, contains... Uh, Quite a lot of information for you. Which I assume I'll have to dedicate like a chunk of time to like reading through. Yeah. What's everybody else doing? Oh, Rogiar offers to patch anyone up that needs it after that fight. Yeah, we're right here, Chief. Alright, so let's hit... Uh... You want to start with Randolph or Thalias? Oh, always start with Randolph. Alright, so Randolph heals 27 and takes 7 non-lethal. Oh, wow. You're the best. Top you right off. Yeah, I mean, I could do that too, but... Yeah. And one for Thalias. Thalias heals 24 and takes 7 non-lethal. Wow. I love this Rogar. <laughs> Kills everybody and then heals everybody. He's a freaking miracle man. <laughs> Alright, well, now what? Well, we might as well check out this last uh, hub full of rooms here and make sure there's nothing else lurking in here. Okay. Well, whoever wants to go in first, go ahead. Um, newly revitalized. I'll go in first. Where were we going? Uh, this open doorway here where, uh, 
Uhtred used to be standing. I figured while Uhtred's looking through that journal, we'll just like clear this last set of rooms. All right, so Randolph enters this room and two L-shaped mahogany tables stand between the northern and southern exits of this rectangular room. Atlases lie open on the tables next to rolls of parchment. Several cloth maps hang on the walls showing the surrounding area, the whole of Last Wall, the southern border of Ustalav, and the southeastern border of the Hold of Belkson. Many of the maps have tiny flags pinned to them. Most of the maps bear thin films of dust. Only the map showing the area around Roslar's coffer is clean. So, this was clearly, like, the map room. And it looks like most of these maps are from the original Serenite priest occupation of the temple. Focusing on, like, the Belkson front and the border of Ustalav. Wherein uh, Gallowspire, uh, the Whispering Tyrant's prison and crypt is but it looks like perhaps the whispering way was using the the more localized map of the area around Roslar's coffer during their occupation of the temple dang besides some uh besides some cool looking maps there doesn't really seem to be much else in here okay then i say down to the far end of the hall the last room to the uh south east okay rogar opens the door to the far east, and two square wooden tables, each holding a handful of bandages, bottles, and tin canisters, occupy the northwest and southeast corners of this room. A human skeleton stands attached to an upright pole in the southwest corner, and several of its bones have been painted one color or another. Doors exit to the north, where Rogyar stands, and the south. Judging by the contents of this room and the skeleton on display it almost appears like this room used to be some sort of anatomy classroom for perhaps for healing okay you do see uh a large collection of uh ruined chemicals and reagents throughout this room but you do spot 10 vials of antitoxin oh uh regar will grab those and yeah i guess uh into the next room as it continues to the south Rogar continues to the south and you find a tattered woven mat covering the floor in this room flanked by two low wooden benches doors exit to the north and south is anybody following Rogar while he explores yeah, these I, rooms or I, I walk through the other side okay my peer waves Rogar. I guess uh, Uhtred when he comes back seeing them going into those rooms would probably check out this one Furthest to the west of that grouping. Alright. Anybody uh, detecting magic into L9? Just out of curiosity? Uh, <laughs> eventually. I will go through each room and detect magic, but I started over here. Alright. Alright, so Uhtred starts at the other end of this room hub, and uh, you see a work table against the northern wall, uh, cluttered with various tools and metal shavings. Three rusty suits of armor hang on armor stands in the southwest corner. None of them presented as magical? No, but there's always perception checks. I'm terrible at those. I'll do a perception check. Yeah, I rolled a natural one. Nice. 19. Alright, although the armor in this room appears to be useless scrap, the rusted mesh and wedges of metal on the middle armor stand uh, conceal 
uh, something else, but Vipira appears back there and spots an adamantine breastplate. Oh. An adamantine breastplate, you say? I do, and I seem to recall some uh, spiritualist taking medium armor proficiency. <gasps> That's me! He's talking about me, guys! I think he's <laughs> talking about the Elias. <laughs> no. The cool thing about adam- adamantine armor is that it gives you damage reduction. What? That's sick. Not a lot, but an adamantine breastplate would give you DR2. Dude, any damage reduction is, like, it feels big, no matter how small the number is. Absolutely. Uh, Additionally, amid the tools on the work table, uh, you would find a small glass flask that contains one ounce of sovereign glue. This pale amber substance is thick and viscous because of its particular powers. It can be contained only in a flask whose inside has been coated with one ounce of salve of slipperiness and each time any of the bonding agent is poured from the flask a new application of the salve of slipperiness must be put in the flask within one round to prevent the remaining glue from adhering to the side of the container so this shit sticky Wow. A flask of Sovereign Glue, when found, holds anywhere from one to seven ounces of the stuff. So you found one ounce. Uh, One ounce of this adhesive covers one square foot of surface, bonding virtually any two substances together in a permanent union. The glue takes one round to set. If the objects are pulled apart, uh, which is a move action, before that time has elapsed, the application of the glue loses its stickiness and is worthless. If the glue is allowed to set, then attempting to separate the two bonded objects has no effect except when universal solvent is applied to the bond. Sovereign glue is dissolved by universal solvent. So it literally doesn't even give you a check that you can take to separate uh, two objects stuck together with this stuff. So if you if you stick two things together with sovereign glue, it, you those be two sure things it. are essentially now <laughs> one object. If only my uh, my bad double survived, I could have glued them together to make the, uh, the holy trio <laughs> of Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen if you were to say, put that glue on Spirit Elias and have him get into his suit of armor? Huh. I he don't would. think I, he was using a lot of words that said don't use this stupidly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. But how about this stupid thing? <laughs> I'm just wondering like what would happen. So all right, they become one, right? What I happens? too am wondering what would happen. But what would happen would not be a good thing, I think. <laughs> Could Randolph actually pull him back into his mind or that's just what we need yeah. is Randolph to get pulled into his own mind. So it looks like we got one room left. At least upstairs. It's probably where all the good stuff is. And yeah. do I get that? Uh, is no one going to fight me over that, uh, that thing, no. by the way? The Brethren. So. That's so cool. Okay. Uh, Rogyar enters this room, and so does Uhtred. Three walls of this room support tall racks that were built to hold suits of armor and weapons. The racks are mostly empty, save for a few broken blades and rusted armor plates. Uh, perception to look around while I'm sure Uhtred will detect magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uhtred uh, immediately detects uh, magic. Uh, I got a 13. Uh, first off, I rolled like hell. Second off, it'll be really nice to get rid of that goddamn curse. 
for real, dude. It's been so nice. Despite the fact that I'm rolling ones, like, I can't help it right now. <laughs> well, Another Uhtred, natural one on my perception. Well, Uhtred picks up a magical aura coming from something tucked behind a broken tower shield in the far corner. I'll, I'll go in and start moving shit around. Uh, you move the tower shield to the side, and you see a warhammer with the symbol of Saren Ray emblazoned on the head. I'll just give it to you. This is a plus two warhammer. Whoa. Plus two? Who can? Yeah, who can use the bludgeoning? Is it two-handed or one-handed? I think a warhammer is a one-handed weapon. Yes. There's like the Earthbreaker is like the two-handed version. A warhammer should just be one-handed. All right. Uhtred, you said that you were going through all the rooms detecting magic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You are detecting magic in L9. Uh, it looks like a training room. And it looks like there's something magical under this giant rug laid out in the room. Uh, before I inspect it, can I spellcraft to see what kind of magic I'm detecting? I don't think so. No. All right. Well, then I look for it. All right. It's probably a trap, but... Uh, Vipira, why don't you give me a perception check? Uh, that's a 23, and I think I have a bonus to trap finding. So, 26. 26 isn't, uh, high enough to, uh, detect the trap as Uhtred moves this rug to the side, and this magical glowing symbol on the floor pulses with power. Everybody, everybody in that area looks like everybody but yando and rogyar needs to give me a fortitude save a fortitude save what yando and rogyar oh i was right next to it i've been spending all this time putting on my armor you're telling me i was standing on a trap this whole time you're standing right right beyond the doorway ah and it still hits me uh-huh wow uh 14 by piero a 24 and Uchard had a 17. And uh, Thalias had an 18. Okay. I'm a little afraid to hit this button. Well, don't hit it. You don't have to. Everybody but Vipira takes 12 points of strength damage. Oh my god, that's so much. That's 12 amazing. points of strength damage? Yeah. Holy fuck. This man is out of his mind. He needs to be stopped. What if you only have 11 <laughs> in strength? Then you're effectively paralyzed. Alright, well, I'm paralyzed. 3d6 strength damage? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, but I don't take half of that for passing my fortitude save? You didn't pass your fortitude save. So, Uhtred just immediately falls to the floor, still fully conscious, but unable to hold himself up. I can't move! Where are Randolph and Thalias at? I don't think Thalias can move. Right outside. Your oh. strength score. <laughs> oh. oh no, he's the one to cure this. Well, I can move. Elias is... Oh, nope. He can't move. Oh, I can pop him back in my head, though. Easy peasy. He's at zero strength. Okay. Well, good thing we triggered that trap, boys. So, what's what's everybody doing now? Um, figuring out how literally to nothing. paralysis. Alright, well... <laughs> yeah, I'm you, have a, you have a spell... Randolph called Lesser Restoration that can cure 1d4 ability damage at a time. Yeah, well, not today I don't. I used it already, and I used my Cure Serious. So. You're out of second level spells? Okay. So what do you guys do then? Uhtred is just motionless on the floor. 
He could probably still speak, but yeah, he can't move. Well, since we seem to have this place pretty well cleared out, there's a few rooms downstairs that we haven't looked through yet, but... Well, yeah, well, I hope they're not through them. I'll stay here. <laughs> yeah, if they're not trapped. Yeah, I think uh, I think we uh, drag Uthrid. <laughs> Dude, drag me? You're not even going to carry me? What a dick. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't lift you. You're like banging my head down the stairs so you have me by my ankles. There's no, no one, we'll drag, there's we'll no one left that's strong hair. enough to carry you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're, we're like, we'll manage to get... Utrid over, I guess, into like L12 where those beds are, yeah, and we can like bunk up for the night. <laughs> and I'll put Elias back in my brain so that we don't have to carry him around. <laughs> okay. So you guys all gather up in the bunk room? Yeah, that sounds or, like yeah. that sounds like the plan right now. Alright, so yeah, Yando can provide long-term care. And he can do it for like up to six people at once or something like that. It was like a ridiculous number. Yeah, it's up to six. Yeah. So Yano can tend to uh, Randolph and Uhtred at the same time, and he just goes, oh, "If only Thalias were here. He was he was super good at long term care." Yeah, well, he's in my brain. So, what are you gonna do? I remember Vipira took a a bunch of poison from some uh, big old plant when we first met up. Thalias, uh, he took care of her. I yeah, volunteered to, but <laughs> yep, he's the best. Oh, all right. So that is going to be a heal check from Yando. So Yando crushed his heal check. So Uhtred and Randolph are going to heal two points of ability damage for their rest. Yes. Okay. Okay. Are we going to do any watches? Of course we are. Yeah. Well, I can't. Randolph doesn't watch. So it's going to be... Rogyar, Vipira, and Yando. And Yando's going to be taking a little penalty on his perception check because he's going to be preoccupied. Yeah. So who's taking first watch? Uh, Vipira will. Okay. Rogyar will take second then. All right. Yando will take third. So, Vipira, go ahead and give me a perception check. That's a 19. Okay. Uh, You don't hear anything out of the ordinary. All right. Is that the end of my watch? Yep. Then in that case, I go to wake up Rogyar, and uh, I situate myself sleeping. Okay. Uh, Rogyar is, um, he's actually going to kind of stay and watch out in 11. It was like that that study room, it looked like, or a a laboratory. Yep. He'll just kind of hang out out there, maybe look around the supplies and, and just see... Yeah, yeah. take a look out there while he's doing watch. Okay. Go ahead and give me a perception check. 22. Nothing uh, Nothing bad seems to happen. Looking around this room, you do notice that uh, there's quite a lot of quite a lot of papers and documentation that all kind of paint a narrative of life in this temple for the Serenite priests. I don't know if you would have spent any time organizing them or going through them. But you have a feeling that uh, if you were to take the time to do so, the right historian might pay a decent amount of money for the collection. Alternatively, you could uh, bring the papers to a different church of Sarenray or at least uh, some sort of religious figure. And they uh, would probably be pretty happy to get that back. 
All right. Yeah. Rogiar will uh, he'll gather those up and start start organizing them while he's on watch. Uh, so while you're organizing them, uh, you discover uh, one of the priest's diary entries um, that kind of jumps out at you, uh, stating concern over Sister Philemon's fascination for poisons and venom. The journal goes on to worry that uh, if the purple worm venom she recently acquired from a passing trader were to spill, one of the one of us might be seriously injured. So that leads you to believe that there could be some purple worm venom somewhere in this temple. Okay, I will keep an eye out for it. Maybe it's in one of those rooms we didn't find yet, or we haven't really looked through, you know, Valthazar's quarters yet. So it might be hidden in there too. All right, uh, but that otherwise is the end of your watch. Okay. Then, yeah, I will go and wake up Yando for his watch. Okay. And crawl into bed like a madman. A very tired, tired dwarf. (laughs) All right, Yando does his watch while also uh, continuing to provide long-term care for Uhtred and Randolph. I went ahead and rolled uh, natural 17 like a boss, so he... uh, he still remains quite alert while still providing long-term care. And eventually everybody wakes up after a full night's rest. And All Uchid right. And Randolph each heal two points of ability damage. Sweet. Uh, I'm going to get to work on preparing some less restoration spells. Okay. You've also got uh, two juicy third-level spell slots for uh, Remove Curse for Rogyar. Yep, pretty juicy. We'll start with that because he's such a such a good friend. And might I suggest right. one of your plus eight luck bonuses on this roll? Ah, you <laughs> might suggest twenty five. Sure, the twenty five Rogyar's curse is removed. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel like a new yes, man. yes. Oh, easy, easy. Yes, no problem. With what you did back there, boy, we need you at full power. But anyway, uh. Lesser restoration. Hit. Lesser restoration. <laughs> Time to burn all of those second level spells because that was a fuck ton of strength damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's gonna I'm... roll. He's gonna roll super bigly, like four, four. All right, this one's for me. Two. This one's for me. Two. This one's for Utrid. Three. And Utrid again. I think. Two. All right, not bad. Before we do anything else, does anybody want to go through your magic items that you haven't yep. identified yet? Yep, because we still got a laundry list. Yep. Let's start with that uh, magical book. The magical book, huh? I'm going to use a hero point to give a plus eight on this. Okay. Ooh, it's a 28. I don't think that's enough. Yeah, my pairs definitely didn't get enough. Randolph? A lot of waiting for a 14. Yeah. Unfortunately, a 28 is still not high enough to identify this. Let's move on to the feather tokens. Got a 27. Okay, 27 is enough to identify both of these feather tokens as tree feather tokens. Add them to the pile. And let's go with that magical pearl. Yeah, that's another big one. Oh, 34. Give me it. 34 <laughs> identifies the pearl. It is a... Pearl of Power for second level spells, just like the one that you got from Kishikish. So, yeah, Uhtred being, still being the only prepared spellcaster, 
you can use this. Uh, now you can just re-prepare a second level spell twice. Um, Alright, let's move on to the bracers. 20! 30! Oh, really? Yeah. I ain't cursed anymore, man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> a 30 is enough to identify these as bracers of armor plus 2. Oh. Yeah, we need to, after this, oh. also divvy out and figure out who's getting those bracers, who's getting amulets, who's getting rings, because yeah. some defenses are about to go up. Yeah. I mean, the bracers of armor plus two are not going to stack with our existing armor, so those are not going to do any of us any good. Uh, well, it'll help Uhtred, uh, but it oh, won't yeah. stack with his mage armor. Right. Right. It'll just when I don't have it on, which is never, so. We could give it to Thalias, though. But again, wouldn't, st- wouldn't stack with his major armor. All right, and finally, you've got the headband. Come on, headband of intellect. Oh. 30. Stop. Damn. Uhtred's had nothing Uhtred. to do but stop and think all night. <laughs> <laughs> with a 30, Uhtred identifies this as a headband of intelligence plus two. Fuck. Whoa. Yeah. That's huge for Uhtred. Okay, so all of your morning ablutions out of the way. What do you guys do? I'm I'm reading the notebook then. I'm at four strength damage at the moment. So four. It, oh, four damage. I was gonna say four damage. Yeah. Uh, the total would be seven. So I effectively have a negative two modifier on strength. So like, I probably don't have to be bedridden. No, you, you're able to walk around. Uh, you definitely feel tired, like all the time, but you can you can move around with with no real issues. So you're reading through Valthasar's journal. It'll take you probably a couple hours to spool through. First, uh, the journal contains uh, much of what Valthasar already discussed with you. He, like, there's like a lot of conjecture about what exactly happened in this town. Valthazar doesn't actually know. He was just kind of told to go... Like, he was told something happened at Rosar's coffer. You need to go study what happened. Yeah, he speculates that whatever caused this blast uh, was extremely powerful, unlike anything he's aware of, and a lot of his notes kind of catalog his observations on, like, the local plant life, how, uh, like, the pl- a lot of plants have just kind of, like, grown out of control... Uh, how it like killed everybody and also created some very unusual undead that don't normally just appear like a lot of undead that require very specific specific circumstances to be created but are just here of particular note uh, his journal speculates that the explosion in Rosar's coffer was in fact orchestrated by the whispering way uh, he says he's heard rumors of a powerful device or spell he's not sure which called the Radiant Fire, and he believes that Roslar's coffer was merely a test of its power. Uh, second, Valthazar's journal also contains a draft of his report to his superior in the Whispering Way, who is only re- referenced as G, like the letter G. Valthazar's report is a thorough yet dry retelling of the destruction, mutations, and undead around Roslar's coffer, and he particularly notes the discovery of several corpses that he had turned into juju zombies. Uh, he he uh, he states that the undead created from these corpses seems somehow lacking compared with other juju zombies, but he doesn't have any indication of why this might be the case. 
unless it has something to do with the explosion. Uh, and it's clear to you that Valthazar was still perplexed by this issue, and it's why he hasn't been able to finish and send the report yet. And finally, uh, the journal contains information about uh, an occult ritual he performed that creates a force field around an object called the Fettering Maw, which you could speculate is this glowing green gemstone. Uh, Valthazar is proud of this ritual, and it's set forth in enough detail that you could learn it if you uh, studied it. Uh, even if you don't want to take the time to learn how to do it, you can identify that uh, the key used as the ritual's focus to bypass the ward is the same one that you found on Valthazar's person. Oh, oh. and I absolutely do want to take the time to learn how to do it. Oh, yeah, that okay. sounds awesome. It's definitely not like a, all right, couple hours and I learn how to do it. It's a, that would be a very time consuming thing to do, but that is certainly something that you can <clears throat> commit time to do. Uh, but yeah, you, uh, you see that any creature holding the key used as the focus can pick up and move the target object. And any creature attempting to touch the target object meets a solid movable surface. You can end the effect by holding the iron key and tapping it to the object four times in quick succession. Okay. Does it does his notebook say anything about what the item actually is? Uh it does Other than not. what it's called. Really? Nope. It just says that it's called the uh Fettering Maw. Have I ever heard of a Fettering Maw before? I don't think so. I know you, you made a uh, knowledge arcana check on this thing not too long ago. You do remember that there's a library yeah. in the Bastion of Light. It's my next move. What's everybody else doing? Not going to the library, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Friggin' nerds. Um, I mean, Rogar is kind of content to just kind of like take a beat and rest up a little bit. Well, I suppose we should probably, you know, turn off that big cloud, right? Yeah, I would think so. Well, Rogar, do you have any idea how to destroy a super powerful magic item? Because I'm not even sure one of your blasts will break it. Oh, I... Eh. I, I have no idea how to break it, but I figure you do a lot of studying. You might at least be able to piece together how to turn it off once we get that force field off. Can I DM? Would turning uh, the force field off, like, maybe uh, give me a better, clearer inspection of it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Turning the force field off will allow you to touch it and move it. Yeah, I'm scared that bad things will happen when I do that. Mainly to me. Well, there's still the library. Yeah, I want to go to the library first. I don't think we have enough information. If we had a way to turn it off, then I'd risk it for the biscuit. Oh, uh, we should probably check out uh, Valthazar's rooms, too. He might have some more information tucked away in there that's not in the yeah. journal. So Rogel or start by flying over there and looking around. I'll come with. Okay. Where was the library? It's on this floor, right? It's L2. It's L2. I think yeah. Uchid's going to make his way to L2. Okay. So Uchid goes to the library, and uh, Rogyar and Randolph go back to the room you met Valthazar in, and uh, beyond. And it really just, it seems like this was like the high priest's quarters. You've got like their sitting room, their receiving chamber, their bedroom, and their uh, washroom. And uh, yeah, you don't really find anything else of value in here. Okay. Then, yeah, continue on to, I guess, like, that bedroom, and then the washroom with the freaky crumbling skeleton. Yeah, uh, 
again, you don't really find much. The skeleton, it doesn't seem like it's undead. Your Death Watch eyes confirm that. You're not really sure what it's doing here. Okay. Well, I guess after we look around, maybe... <laughs> I want to go downstairs and check those last few rooms, but I don't want to leave Utra just alone wandering the library, although he's probably f- content there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my happy place. I'll go with Utrid. All right. Well, I guess uh, Randolph, Elias, Yando, you want to go clear the bottom floor? Uh, yep. So Utrid is in the Bastion of Light Library, and uh, the answer may yet lie in here. Um, I don't know if anybody is familiar with the research rules from Ultimate Intrigue, uh, but these are... I, I kind of like these. Uh, you basically... It basically gives you the stats of a library as if the library was like a monster and you deal K you, you deal damage to its KP or knowledge points as if they were hit points and at certain thresholds uh, you discover important information based on what you're looking for. It's pretty cool. So making a research check requires eight uninterrupted hours and so at, uh, with a successful check you deal a number of kp equal to 1d12 plus your intelligence modifier if you have either 10 ranks in the skill used or if you have skill focus in the skill or both five ranks in the skill and the skill as a class skill um and in this case you can use uh knowledge history knowledge planes or knowledge religion and you actually get a plus two bonus on the check uh because of how organized the library is and you can have up to two people assisting you uh tom do you does what does my peer have does she have planes or religion um she has one in both planes and religion all right let's do planes then because which has been very planar focused throughout this AP. Uh, you know what? No, change that. I do want to do religion because we're in the Bastion of the Light, and I just put on a, a holy symbol of hers, and that feels better. So that's going to be a 22... Uh, wait, hold on. It's the knowledge plus 12 plus my intellect modifier? Just make the knowledge check and add two. Okay. And it's 24. Okay. And uh, did Vipira assist? Vipira? That's with her assist. Yep, Vipira assisted with a 14. Okay, so the DC was 16, but for every 5 by which the research check result exceeds the library's DC, the library's knowledge points are reduced by one additional point. So, uh, Uhtred, go ahead and roll a D12 plus your intelligence plus 1. Oh, Max rolled oh, for damn. Ni- 19. <laughs> you destroyed 19? this library. Yeah, my intelligence modifier, thanks to the newly acquired uh, headband, is at plus six. Oh, man. I'm going to say you just you just one-shot this library. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I did. Uchu just made this library his bitch. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> my peer is kind of just like scrolling through pages and like... He's already down one lane. 
Viper is like, I'm just going to grab a book at random. Uh, oh, hey, big glowing green gemstones and how to destroy them. Hey, Utrid, do you think this will be useful? <laughs> um, okay, so here's a bunch of uh, here's a bunch of knowledge in your face. These are all just uh, bits of information that you would have gotten otherwise at various uh, knowledge thresholds. Uh, first, uh, you read about a military report from a crusader lieutenant during the Shining Crusade. Uh, detailing the effects of a fettering maw. One of Tarbaphon's generals used just such an artifact to cut her battalion off from the rest of the army. The Crusaders defeated the evil necromancer, bearing the artifact, but remained trapped within the dome of poisonous fog. Luckily, one of her comrades was a poison expert who concocted enough antitoxin to get the surviving members of the battalion through the toxic cloud. To avoid the misdirecting effect of the mists, the members of the battalion tied themselves together and agreed to follow their most dedicated champion. The author took the fettering maw to Serenite clerics for study who concluded that a combination of antitoxin and holy water weakened the artifact. Rookier did just find a whole bunch of antitoxin. Hey, how about that? Uh, an annotated map of the Bastion of Light notes that the fountain at the north end of the lower floor magically produces holy water that crusaders take into battle. A commenter notes the amazing recuperative powers of the fountain itself. Even when an enemy spy infiltrated the Bastion of Light and poisoned the fountain, within a day its waters were again clean. Next, a biography describes a valiant crusader who, after suffering a debilitating war wound, retired to his home village to serve as a blacksmith. This crusader smith was famed for his skill with his magic hammer, which he claimed to have used to shatter evil relics used by Lastwall's enemies. He boasted that he had worked with the Church of Serenray to destroy a, quote, vile gem of poisonous mists, end quote, employed by the Whispering Way. So uh, so we have a magic we have a magic hammer, we have a fountain that produces holy water and we got a bunch of antitoxin. <laughs> so, taking putting all of this together, you know that fully immersing the fettering maw in a mixture of equal parts holy water and antitoxin for one full minute will weaken the artifact. While weakened, hitting it with at least 10 points of magical bludgeoning damage Aha! shatter it. <laughs> yeah, Elias a magical sure hammer or, you know, Rogyar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I was wrong about one of his blasts not breaking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, only when it's weakened, though. Uh, <coughs> um, and uh, finally, uh, with bringing the, uh, the KP of this library down to zero, I'm going to let you ask one question about the Whispering Tyrant, as if you had succeeded on a knowledge check. Oh, shit. Wait, like, uh, our standard questions? Yeah. Yeah. This is a big question. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge question. I'm, re I'm re trying to figure out what I think is going to be most impactful for us. Knowing one potential piece of his DR, or knowing one super, like, really cool badass thing he can do. I, I feel DR. I yeah, I was like, I feel like he's gonna have so many yeah. abilities and shit that learning one of them is gonna be. Uh huh. I agree. Overall, I'm not as good. DR because we're gonna get hit with some hard shit. Regardless, what would be helpful would be to know. Oh, he might have this DR, and make sure we can 
prepared for that. Yeah, know how to beat him. Not like it's yeah, good to know what me. he can bring at us. It's better to know how to kill him. Yeah, give give me. Does he have any DR? You know that he has DR fifteen. That is overcome by bludgeoning and magic attacks. <laughs> Does that mean it has to be both? <laughs> Shut up, Rogier. Yes, it has to be both. Okay. What an unfortunate combo. <laughs> Oh my God. Ashley some just of us. has to make sure Rogier doesn't make it to that fight. <laughs> Seriously. Hmm. So yeah, it's been about it's been about eight hours of Uhtred studying in this library with uh, Vipera's help. And uh, did I hear Matt say that Rogier wanted to explore the remainder of the lower levels? Yeah, yeah. I took with uh, his pal. With his pal. Yep. Okay. I took, Not alone. Took um, uh, Randolph and uh, Yando with me. All right. Well, where do you go to first? Uh, well, first I want to check out what's through this door to the north of the fountain because I was asking about that last time, and we're like, nope, All cut right. the head off the snake. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you open that door, and it's just a wall of yellow fog. Oh God. Oh, and also uh, now that you're down here again. Uh, you're passing this fountain, and it looks so much cleaner than uh, it did yesterday uh, when it was all befouled by the polong. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Randolph, check this out. This fountain looks so much better. Ah, it does. Looks like you could almost drink from it. I won't. Fine. Rogero will cup his hands in and take a drink. Yeah, you cup your hands and you take a drink, and yeah, it's... Like fucking delicious, divine even. All right, I got, I gotta have some of this. Yeah, Yando dunks his entire head under the surface and drinks deeply. Ah, wow! I don't think I realized just how thirsty I was. I was thirsty too. We were a couple of thirsty boys. <laughs> <laughs> we're just some thirsty boys out for a prowl, aren't we, there, Randolph? So where to next? <laughs> Point these thirsty boys in the direction, and they'll take care of the rest. All right. Well, then let's uh, we'll head south, straight through the those the double doors where the deformed bear and the puckwudgie came out of. Okay. And then uh, we'll head to the west. Check out that room first. Okay. All right, so you open the door, and tattered priestly vestments hang in a series of wardrobe-sized cubicles on the northern wall of this room. Most of the floor space is occupied by several rumpled pallets. Scraps of food have been tossed into a wooden crate in the corner of the room, which buzzes with flies. Yeah, Rogar is going to use his basic hydrokinesis to kind of like just create some water and like dump it on there just to maybe disperse the flies and... Just to get them out of there, because they're they're grossing them out a little bit, and then he'll go. Well, we'll we'll do a perception around the room here, since we're exploring. Uh, I got a nineteen. Uh, Rogar, you're not seeing anything useful. Okay, then through the next door to the south. Well, what's uh, what's Randolph's detect magic sound like? Hey, yeah. Um, it sounds like a. <laughs> Now let me try it again. Kick over. It sounds like. (laughs) 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 I kind of love that. Uh, You're not picking up any magical auras, unfortunately. 
even with the vrooming? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you open up the next door, and uh, scriptorium shelves for dozens of scrolls stand against the western and southeastern walls of this irregularly shaped room, but they are empty. Two sturdy wooden tables stand between them, each with a high-backed wooden chair. Each table holds several dry ink pots, broken quills, and torn scraps of vellum. Okay. Uh, suggest to detect magic while Rogyar peruses the stuff. Uh, it's a okay. 25 for Rogyar. Randolph would automatically notice a magical aura coming from behind uh, the northwestern shelf. Ah, there's an aura here. Behind the shelf. I eagerly go look behind the shelf. Yep, you gotta kind of scooch the shelf to the side. And uh, you're going to take 12 points of strength damage. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, you find a magical scroll. Looks, oh. like it, looks like it fell behind the shelf long ago. Uh, you can give me a spellcraft check, Randolph, to identify it. I think I will. Oh, 11. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's enough? Nope, you fail to identify it. If you had read magic, though, also it can't mm. That's true. Oh, I think I actually do. Let me check my spell book. I do. Read magic. I read it. Oh my god. Magically. Yeah, well, I've never I... had to use it because the other guy does it all the time. <laughs> he only does it all the time because he never do it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like a chicken and egg type thing. <laughs> right. You identify this scroll as a scroll of neutralized poison. Ah. Neutralized poison. Okay. Uh, where now? Uh, well, now we'll uh, head back across to, you know, head back through the room where that, that bear came from and then over to, yeah, through the door to the east. I know we'd already gotten a little bit of a glimpse of this one, but... Yep. All right, so you uh, cross the, the central chamber there and this room has several open cubicles against the northern wall, but all bear deep gouges and scratches and most of the interior partitions have been smashed into splinters smears of mud on the floor form a trail between the southwestern door and the door in the southern wall uh which hangs open but looks like it used to have a wooden bar nailed across it oh give uh give randolph a little push like well go see what's through that door i sheepishly see what's through the door i'll like follow behind him all right a low L-shaped bookcase occupies the western corner of this room, and a small end table next to the room's only door bears a broken clay sundial. An oaken desk occupies the southern portion of the chamber with a high-backed chair behind it and two cushioned chairs in front. The desk is covered in claw marks, and the stuffing has been ripped out of the cushioned chairs. Um, uh, now, you, <laughs> now, you can't be sure... You can't be sure, but you do remember that gigantic mutated bear bursting out of the double doors into the fountain room. Uh, this yeah. could be the room that that bear was being kept in. I think that's a pretty high probability. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and accept that as canon with no further thought. So that seems to be almost all of it. The only spot I'm really seeing left is the southwestern portion of the temple there was i remember there was a room that was like there was like a pile of dirt leading 
through a doorway to the south, and we just kind of said, no, we're going to go north, and never checked it. Yep, yep, yep. So now it's time to check it. You open the door, and a thin layer of dirt covers the floor here, giving this room a musty, earthy smell. Square wooden cabinets lie on their backs atop the dirt in the northeast and southwest corners. Doors lead out of this room to the north where you came from, and to the south. Okay, then uh, if there's nothing in here, we're just going to go right on through and check out that southern door. Yeah. Uh, doing a little perception, maybe some detect magic to look around. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 24 perception. Wow. You just see these two big square cabinets, uh, but they appear they appear empty. All right. Well, then if there's nothing else, through the southern door. Let's see what else is in here. All right. A stone dais against the western wall holds a small shrine featuring a carved pair of hands clasped together in prayer in front of a blazing sun. Several dried puddles of wax decorate the dais with red gemstones scattered among the puddles. The floor in front of the shrine is scarred with charred markings. Doors exit to the north and south. You coming from the north. Okay, so uh, uh, so it's a 14 perception for Rogiar. And I also wanted to do a religion check on the dais to see if there's any... Like, I'm pretty confident it's a dais of like just where people could pray to Serenray. But I want to see if there's anything like... Anything I can note that's like special about it. Within that yeah. 20 for a 22 knowledge religion. <laughs> <laughs> 21 perception from Will Randolph, if, uh, if that helps. For the yeah, most part. Yeah, uh, it does appear to just be a uh, an altar to Saren Ray. Randolph, you got a 21 perception check. Yep. You find 10 small red rubies resting on the shrine, each worth uh, 75 gold. Yeah, I'll take those and uh, not make a peep about it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I gotta hold them up like I found, uh, you know, something real big. Rogar, I did it! Rubies! Dun, 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 dun. Nice. So that's like 750 gold worth of gems. Yep. Nice. Okay. Last Continu thing. S continuing south, yeah. Continuing south. That's not the last thing. You've got another room to the, uh, in the southeastern corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a long, low bookshelf runs along the western and southern walls of this room. The shelf is currently empty, save for a few scraps of burnt paper. The center of the stone floor bears the scorch marks of an old bonfire. Two wooden doors stand in the northern wall, on the eastern end and on the western end. Alright, uh, well, rinse and repeat. Take a look around, detect, detect a little magic, see what we can find. Uh, 22 perception. No magic, and uh, yeah, it doesn't look like there's anything useful in here. All right, then uh, we'll head back out to the into the cathedral and head on over to the room to the southwest or southeast, because I know that that double door right in the middle there. You said like led back outside. Perhaps. Okay. Well, I remember Uhtred telling us that when we first got here. Okay, uh, five display cases occupy the majority of this room. Their glass fronts shattered and their contents missing. Several empty frames hang on the western and southern walls. Their canvases either shredded or simply torn away. Two doors exit to the north. Alright, perception to see if they missed anything when they were <laughs> smashing everything apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, that's a 25. Rogar, you find a secret compartment in the base of one of the display cases. Hell yes. Inside is a small ivory box with ruby inlay. The box itself is worth five is worth four hundred gold. Nice. This place is a friggin' a lottery jackpot here. It's amazing. <laughs> is there anything Walking around picking up hundreds of dollars worth of stuff? Is there anything in the little box? Uh, yes, you find what looks like a set of tattooing needles. Uh, if uh, if Randolph is still in there, revving his detect engine. Uh, oh, you know he is, uh, dude. You, uh, Randolph would be detecting a magical aura coming off of these tattoo needles. Give me a spellcraft check. Twelve. Twelve does not identify the magical needles. Well, maybe we can find out someone else who likes to detect stuff. Maybe he has an idea of what they are. Yeah. All right. Well, it seems like we've, uh, checked everywhere down here. Uh, Rugger wants to, he wants to go poke his head in those the double doors in the middle of the southern wall of the cathedral just to just to verify what say, he thinks is going to happen because like that that door north of the fountain opened outside it was just the wall of fog <laughs> he's assuming the same thing will be outside this way you open these double doors and uh, it they lead to looks like a, like an antechamber uh, two tapestries hang on the western and eastern walls of this rectangular chamber, both shredded into long strips. They appear to have once depicted the same angelic winged figure with the sun behind her head. Two stone double doors open out of this chamber, one to the north where you came from and another to the south. A slate has been hung on the northern wall just to the west of the doors. A skull with a gag in its mouth has been drawn on it. Um, you said like a slate, like a slab of stone or something? Yeah. Yeah, Rugger's going to blast that and destroy that. All right, nice. All right, and yeah, so that uh, that concludes your exploration of the Bastion of Light Temple. All right. That's pretty wow. cool. Thank God. Yeah. Damn. All right, we've cleared the temple. Let's uh, let's take those needles and go pay a visit back up to the library. See what Uhtred thinks when he gets, when he's done, you know, making that library his bitch. Indeed. Let me fire up the old, uh, Thirty. Uhtred, you identify these as needles of flesh graving. These that tattooing needles can grant a plus five competence bonus on craft tattoo checks. Uh, once per day, they can be used to transform an object into a tattoo on a willing creature. This takes ten minutes. Ooh. The object may resist with a DC 17 fortitude save. Uh, like if it was a magical object the transformed object radiates faint transmutation magic and looks like a miniature depiction of itself the bearer of the tattoo may peel it off as a standard action transforming it back into its object form the tattoo automatically reverts back to its object form after seven days if dispelled using the caster level of the needles or upon the death of the tattooed creature Interesting. So like that the changes ultimate... my perspective of how a tattoo works. You're saying you basically put the item into the person. Yeah, it's like yeah. a smuggling tool. Yeah, I imagine we got to be pretty much at the end of this day too. Like, yeah, eight hours. Well, I mean, you have all the you have all the pieces for uh, how to destroy the fettering maw. You want to sleep one more night, maybe recover some ability damage. Uh, let I think I think Randolph. that might be the smart play. Yeah, I'm never gonna say no to something like that. So then, why should we wait? Let's let's take that down right now. Well, 
We're not totally sure. Like, he knows how to stop it. He doesn't know what's going to happen when he does stop it. He was just thinking, like, might as well be at full strength when we do it, right? I suppose. It's mean, the end of a day. Yeah, I was just looking forward to seeing uh, seeing the sky once again. It's yeah, been a long it'd be time. Nice to see the sun when we take it down, as opposed to the just more darkness. <laughs> I don't know. I do miss the stars. One more night it is. Uh, all right. Yendo's going to uh, perform long-term care again. Goddamn right. Uh, are we doing the same watches as before, or seem good to me? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, uh, Vipira, go ahead and give me a perception check. Oh, 16. Okay, with a 16, everything seems fine. <laughs> Keyword seems. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna uh, wake up Rogar. Nothing to report. Uh, that's good. Rest up, Vipira. Big day tomorrow. And hey, Rogar. Perception. That's a 25. You're not hearing any suspicious noises, but about an hour into your watch, you do see something kind of strange. A shimmer in the air. Where? Like right in the center of the room that you're in. Oh, god damn it. Remember the last time there was a shimmer? That wasn't that wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah, we it's, thought it was uh, the whispering way. Yeah, that's what we thought, but apparently well, it still could be. It's just not yeah. anyone that's in this bastard anymore. Presumably. They, they just stopped hearing from uh, Valthasar. Rogar, do you do anything about this shimmering? Yeah, like- I'm I'm going to go wake up uh, Uhtred. And, like, shake him awake. Hey, 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 lad, wake up. What, what is it, Rogar? Uh, I, I, I think I saw one of those shimmers in the air. Do you call it, like, a, a sensor or something? Like when we were in the town? Yeah, yeah, just like that. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it might have been a scrying spell, but I thought it would have been Balthasar. Is it still here? Um, I look, is it still there? Yeah, it's like hanging right above your head. Right yeah, there. I like point right to it. Like, yeah, I think it's right here. Uh, detect magic spellcraft? Alright. 33. Wow. You know that this is a clairaudience clairvoyance spell that uses a scrying sensor, uh, like several other divination schools do. You know that the sensor can either see or hear in a uh, 10-foot radius centered on the spell's effect. Who are you? You're met with no response. Well, it's definitely a scrying sensor, but whoever it is, we won't be able to find out until we take the barrier down in the morning. Great shit. Should we should we move and find a different spot to rest? Can they do anything? I I don't know. I I think we're okay right here. Like I originally thought it was Valthasar that was trying to scry on us when we were in the town, but maybe there's somebody on the other side of the barrier that's trying to see in to find out what happened to the town. My guess is whoever it is isn't getting in through that barrier, so. What are they going to do? All right. I guess we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled in the morning. Back to bed, lad. Yeah, okay. I, like, kind of roll over to my side. All right. Rogar, are you doing anything else with your watch? Um, I'll, like, keep an eye on that sensor to see, like, how long it lasts and make sure it goes away. But, yeah, that's it. 
anywhere between like 10 and 20 minutes after you notice it, you lose track of it. You're not sure if it moved or if it disappeared because it's just so hard to see. You're, you're really not sure. All right. But it's it doesn't seem to be in the room anymore. Okay. Then, yeah, when my watch is done, I'll wake up Yando. Okay. Yando's turn. Yando's going to make a heal check, like, retroactively. He's going to nail it like he always does and get a pretty shitty perception check. So everybody wakes up in the morning. Uh, Uhtred and Randolph have healed two more ability score points. Nice. Oh, yeah. Joe, that means you only have to prepare one of the lesser restorations for me. All right, well, let's get cracking. All right, well, first I'm going to get Thalias out. Uh, and then I'll Wouldn't heal we you the... up, Rogyar. I'm sorry, Uhtred, for one. Congratulations. Even that's okay, because now I'm effectively only at a one damage, which doesn't hurt anything. I uh, do one on me. I do another one on me. And one on Thalias. Lucky dog. <laughs> Thalias has just been in a heap on the floor <laughs> while, while Randolph's yeah, he's been fine. casting those spells. He's fine. I, uh, I shake him up. Thalias, you alright, pal? <laughs> no? You're not alright? Well, or, don't worry. Tomorrow, they're you shake all him. yours. And you shake him like a rattling sound emits from somewhere <laughs> inside of him. <laughs> like a fucking tin can with a rock inside it. Yeah, that's so him. <laughs> okay, uh, do we want to try to identify that magic book? It's literally the only one left. Of course we do. Uh, I'm wondering if I should on. use another hero point on it. Hold on, hold on. Randolph, can you give that plus eight to someone else for a check? Of course I can. Seems All like right. this spellcraft might be a good use of it. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's a good idea. I uh, I cough it up. 34. Oh. 34 is enough Yeah. to identify this as a Tome of Understanding. Ooh, what's that? Uh, This thick book contains tips for improving instinct and perception, but entwined within the words is a powerful magical effect. If anyone reads this book, which takes a total of 48 hours over a minimum of six days, they gain an inherent bonus to their wisdom score. Once the book is read, the magic disappears from the pages and it becomes a normal book. So basically, this is a, a basically an untyped uh, permanent bonus to your wisdom score. Um, it can be anywhere from plus one to plus five. This book is plus one. That's uh, pretty Sweet. big for Randolph, right? He's a wisdom caster. Am I yes, wrong? I'm a strength boy. Oh, and also wisdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get that nerd shit away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No, nobody else in the group's main stat is wisdom. No, I, I mean, so. like wisdom is never a bad thing for anyone, but yeah, like Randolph right. is the only one that actively uses it. So it's a new day. Does anyone want to destroy an artifact? Yeah. Oh hell yes! Let's make our way down to the fountain. Let's well, let's grab the artifact and then make our way down to the fountain. Oh yeah. <laughs> Down to the fountain, like, hands on your hips. Okay. (laughs) I forgot the artifact. I'll be right back. (laughs) Who's going to swing the hammer? Well, it's just got to be bludgeoning damage that is magical, which is Rogiar's air blast. Right, 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 right. right. I mean, if someone wants to swing the hammer on it, they can, but 
I really no, no. want to blast this thing. I've been wanting to blast this thing since I first saw it. That's true. It's documented. <laughs> he did. All right. So you know that for this to work, you need to submerge the uh, fettering maw in equal parts holy water and antitoxin. So you would need like like a like a bucket or a bowl or something. Like you don't have enough antitoxin for the fountain yeah. to equal out. It's easy enough to to find a container yep. with which you can uh, use. And we pour the ten vials of antitoxin into it, and then I'll usually I'll use those exact ten vials to fill up with with the water from the fountain, and then pour that right in there too. Good thinking. Uh, so for a full minute, this thing sits in the water, and it starts to emit this like thick, acrid smoke, like just like something in it is like melting and corroding. After a minute, you know that this thing is now in a weakened state and need only be struck by magical bludgeoning damage. Rogiar, that's what you're <laughs> meant to be, right? Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. All right, everyone stand back. And I'm at, I assume we're in like probably in the fountain room doing this, right? Yeah. Um, so Rogiar is just going to float, like float himself up like a good distance above this thing, like 20, 30 feet up. Have everyone just like stand back and he just, just for the sake of it, because he's ready to be done finally, he's going to gather power and empower the shit out of this blast. For every right. foot he goes away from it, I go two feet away from it. I'm, I actually went into K-15 and, and behind the Dumbledores. Go ahead and give me damage, Matt. All right. That is 34 damage. Magical bludgeoning damage. There is a a very satisfying, like heavy shattering sound, and that's it. Like maybe you were expecting like some big blast. Yeah, well, Regar is yeah. immediately going to fly to that northern door north of yeah. the fountain and open it up. Yesterday, that was just you know it was just a a wall of fog up there. Yeah, uh, you open the door and. You, you see the wall of yellow fog, but as you watch, it's just slowly melting away. And after about a minute, you see the first beam of natural sunlight in, like, over two weeks. Dude, that since before so nice. you all woke up in the boneyard. Uh, what is it? Seeing that, Rogyar is literally just going to fly up into, like, super high up into the sky. He's. This is like the first sense of freedom he's had since we woke up in the boneyard. You you are just bathing yourself in sunlight, and another thing you're feeling is just a just a crisp, cool breeze that you you felt a breeze before from like under the dome, but it was just always felt like very like dulled, very muted. Like you're just out in the elements, finally free. What's everybody else doing? Uh, wishing I could fly. What the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Free as a bird. And everyone else is inside watching. <laughs> yeah, Vipira's finally out in the open. She's going to do uh, some acrobatics. Like, really just... Some tumbling, take... some cartwheels. Yeah, feeling like the uh, the open space. She's kind of overwhelmed with um, with the area she's been given. So... For probably a few minutes, you guys are just, like, lost in it. 
Like, and you're still in an area that was affected by this blast, this radiant fire. Uh, so, like, you're still in, like, like the woods are either like completely obliterated or the like the foliage is hyper mutated. It's still this very alien landscape. But for the first time since you woke up in the boneyard, you know that you can go wherever you want now. Yeah, we did it. We made it back. That's when, maybe not Rogyar, because he might still be too high up in the air, but that's when the rest of you would hear a voice, a steady feminine voice. Hold now. You look over and you see uh, a figure standing uh, amid the trees, kind of half concealed, but the part of her that you can see, uh, you see that she is wearing a simple lacquered wooden mask and anybody who is anywhere close to her would get this very strong sense of spices randolph when when you look at this woman you can feel this like strange chill in your in your subconsciousness you know that like thalias is having some sort of reaction to seeing her by proxy i mean you no harm I am just as caught up in these events as you, but perhaps we can help one another. Oh, forgive me, madam. We've, uh, we haven't seen the sunlight in quite a few days, so forgive us for our skepticism for you being here. What is your name and what are you doing here? My name hardly matters. Oh, it matters. Well, you will have to do without it. I've been watching you. And you certainly seem capable of handling yourselves. So I propose an alliance. Wouldn't you like to learn more about what caused all of this? And why the undead and malicious fanatics seem to be drawn to its aftermath? Not at the cost of an unknown player. Who are you? Mm. And what are you doing here? I am an ally. And I have been watching you. I have said this. All I ask is that you travel to Vigil and warn the Knights of Ozum that the destruction wrought here has every chance of happening in Last Wall's capital. I am gonna make a sense motive. Yeah, I'm gonna make a sense motive check on that. Anybody who wants to can give me a perception check. Rogyar, if you weren't part of this from the beginning, I would assume that you'd probably eventually be aware that everybody has kind of like stopped with stop their frolicking and lollygagging and <laughs> to talk they're up. talking to someone all right yeah yeah so i'll come back down with a with a nice perception here the 22 um vipera's sense motive is a 22 and the perception is a 24 uh, 17 perception from randolph with a 22 vipera you're not detecting any falsehoods she doesn't seem to be trying to deceive you or misdirect you um, but with a 22 and 24 perception check, uh, you do notice that her her skin, or what little of her skin that you can see through her, uh, behind her mask and the, the clothes that she's wearing, uh, is, like, especially gray and, uh, and dull. You're almost reminded of, like, the undead. The goggles. We have goggles. Is she dead or alive? Yeah, uh... 
your Death Watch goggles. Those things are... I got to get rid of those things. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> your Death Watch goggles would have immediately informed you that this woman is undead. And Rogar, with a 24, you can see, like, this strange surgical cut uh, running up her sternum and, like, disappearing behind her mask, and it's been, like, stitched closed. Oh, Vipir's having none of this shit. Rogar really wouldn't be either, huh? How do you expect us to trust an, an undead after what we've just been through? Why would you be an ally of the living? Because I was once among you. Not all undead are mindless evil creatures. Though I admit, we are few and far between. I could have hidden my nature from you, but I chose to come before you, revealing my true self, because I didn't want to start our first interaction together with a lie. I, too, have trouble trusting others. I understand. If you decide to go to Vigil, I would warn you to be watchful for a foul creature named Gildeus, or at the very least, evidence of his misdeeds within the city. Gildeus was once Tarbaphon's seneschal, and I fear that he has escaped Gallowspire and caused this disaster as part of a larger plan to free the Whispering Tyrant. And if we agree to go to Vigil, where will you go? What will you do? I have more to learn here and elsewhere. I cannot go to Vigil. Though I can surely gain an audience with a small group of heroes such as yourselves. Going to the capital of Lastwall would surely not be met with the same level of patience that you have afforded me. Well, answer this question, because my patience is wearing thin. How did you die? I can't imagine that it wasn't some small minor reason a very intelligent undead like yourself is just wandering about without a master or some other nefarious plan. I was betrayed. By who? By a man who is no longer living. Go to Lastwall or don't. But I think it is in the best interest of every person in the inner sea that Tarbaphon is stopped in his tracks. So, like, the thing is, that's kind of already what Uhtred was going to do long before she appeared. I think he's, what he's struggling with is, she's undead. I'm just going to let an undead. Is there a knowledge he can make about, like, maybe knowing about she's a special kind of undead? Like, why is she... Vipira would be mild, uh, like, would be pretty infuriated if we just let her walk away after <laughs> essentially right? trampling over her friends who were also equally intelligent. I, I'm not sure she's provided enough of a reason that Royar and Vipira are gonna let her just leave. So I, I imagine you're you're all standing there and Utrid and Vipira and probably Rogyar and probably Yando are all ready to fucking attack this person. Like like battle stances or at the very least like like hands on hilts, like bows half drawn. Yeah, am I crazy that she sounds like she's making some good points? Like, no. What it, are we it, gonna do? Are we well, like that's we're gonna go talk to people about what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, Uchi wants to go talk to the Knights of Ozum in uh Vigil, the capital of Last Wall. Like he was that was his plan, like get back from the dead roads, go talk to the knights and vigil. But then obviously we couldn't just go do that. 
So, like, yeah, it's a good point, and Uchid agrees. He was going to be doing that of his own accord, though. Yeah, so let's do it of our own accord. The issue still remains. Pretty much Yando and Royar have been put undead down on site. Gotcha. And, like, fight, like Tom said, I don't think Viper is going to be like, wait a minute. My old friends we had to kill, and there was no, we couldn't let them go, but now we're just going to let this random person go. This random undead go? Yep. Yeah, well, you gotta do what you gotta do. If you decide to go to Vigil... We're going to Vigil. We were gonna go to Vigil long before you made yourself known. What you don't realize is most of my colleagues have a put-down-on-sight undead policy. and They are fearful that your nature will get the best of you. An admirable policy. I urge you to set that aside for now. Because we both have a similar goal. We want to see Tarbafon destroyed. Or at the very least, stopped. I can help you far more than you realize. How? She points off to your left, and you can see through the trees a rather large and luxurious looking wagon. For starters, I have provided you transportation to ease your travels to Vigil. Inside, you will find resources and respite. Randolph's done a 180 on her at this point. I mean, he was indifferent, but now he's like, this is awesome. Let's do this. I feel like I'm on The Price is Right and someone just pulled back the curtain and it's a new car. Take my offer or don't. The transportation and supplies are yours. And she turns around to leave. I look at the group and say, you know, uh, guys, I know I'm the crazy one here, but come on. <laughs> like, we gotta be crazy not to take this, right? I mean, look. We just got out. We're going to do the thing she said anyway, right? I mean, yeah, do we I mean, have to kill her? I don't want to fight her. I want to go chill in that caravan and then go tell people about our crazy adventures. Yeah, uh, she really hasn't had a put-down-on-sight undead policy. So he tends to lean towards what Randall was saying. Like, a lot of good points. My peer yeah. doesn't necessarily want to put her down, but simultaneously, she's looking at Uhtred I, at Rogyar. I was going to say. Heavily. And honestly, Rogyar is looking right back at Vipera, like holding his palm out with like a little tornado forming in his palm. Like, uh, do we have to? I think we have to. We don't have to. We don't have to. Rogyar, what do you do? She's getting away. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. You have Easy, backed yourself into such a nasty little <laughs> yep. corner. Uh, Rogier is actually going to look even look over to Yando too. Like, what's Yando doing? <laughs> he sees a target with its back turned, and he's got his bow like pulled taut. And he he sees you looking at him, and he says, "Ready when you are, Rogia." No, 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 no one's ready. No one's ready. Come on, come on. Hey, all right. Hey, hey guys, if we don't fight her, uh, my treat. Anything you want, my treat. <laughs> I take out the pockets of rubies that I'm holding. <laughs> got 10 rubies in my hand. Like, guys, come on. We don't have to die. Look, we survived together. Sur- surviving together. That was the whole thing, remember? You and me surviving together. Now we got... Come on. It's what the lies will... Oh, yeah, guys. Do it for the lies. <laughs> talk out of the side of my mouth. As like, the <laughs> uh, could turn look at Randolph and be like, I'm sorry. A dwarf's got to have a code. Code. I'll and, give you all the codes you want. And Rogar shoots a blast at her. 
<laughs> Give me an attack roll. Handful of rubies. Uh, 29 to hit. With a 29, your air blast goes careening through the air. And uh, without looking back, this woman, like, she, like, stops and just, like, does the most subtle of shifts of her upper torso. And the air blast just flies right past her shoulder. See? Look. Oh. Come on. That's... We don't want to fight that. <laughs> Your air blast? And sh- come on. Let's go. And then Yendo <laughs> is going to spend a move action to share his favorite enemy bonus and vital strike deadly aim. And his arrow flies right at her mask. And she just catches the arrow between two fingers. She flexes her hand and the arrow snaps between her fingers. <laughs> I knew I liked you. Good luck. And she teleports away. End of book two. Oh Ooh. my god. Everybody levels up. Ooh. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> yes. On the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Oh finally. My God. The see ya. Life recap next week. Hell yeah.